get out of this whole mindset around increasing your fees because like you know we're 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 having um inflation so we need to increase our fees your clients don't care about your costs they care about results they get that's it so unless you can show them a better way to increase their results then then you're setting yourself up for a situation where you increase fees and you lose a lot of clients this is the authority builder podcast This is the place to come if you're building a professional practice and you want to be seen as the leader in your market. We're going to interview the top experts throughout professional services, and we're going to share insights with you to help you grow your firm and be positioned as the only choice that clients ever want. Welcome to the Authority Builder Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and uh, I have, I think... The person who has set the record for the most number of reoccurring appearances on the podcast with me today. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm here with my good friend, Mandy Ellison. And uh, if you don't know who she is, go back, listen to the other episodes. She always brings such tremendous value. Her company is the Hands Off CEO. And today we're going to be talking about a couple of things. First, her new book, which is also titled The Hands-Off CEO. And we're gonna be talking about what is in the new book, which is all around how to scale your consulting agency. And so if you've ever thought about like, I've got a big vision, I've got the potential to scale this thing and really do something special, this is exactly the place you need to be right now. So push those AirPods a little bit further into your ears, buckle up and uh, we got some great stuff coming. Mandy Ellison, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Steve, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. You, um, I was just thinking before coming on this, like Steve is such a classy guy. He's such a classy guy. It's so nice to be on your podcast. It's really an honor, and um, and also to have have partnered with you guys. We've been we've been connected for the for about a decade, and you guys helped us put this book out. You you really you really made it something special. So I want to just acknowledge you for what you guys have done at Million Dollar Author because it's just, you got, your team is fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's mostly the team. So uh, we'll give them all the credit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun um, being involved in this one, mostly because the information in here is so important for anyone that's growing a consulting agency. I mean, this, look, I've done it twice. It's the hardest kind of business to grow. And what you've got in here in terms of how to scale it and make it a business where as the, the owner, the leader, you can actually have a life. You can make really great money because you've got just an amazing business that's been designed to function properly. And you really did put almost all the secrets in here. So um, folks who are you know sitting there with a vision that, that they want to create something, really need to go get a copy of the book on Amazon and we'll link to it in the show notes. But, you know, I, I really want to start today at, at the beginning, right? So if somebody, imagine somebody's listening to us and as we're recording this, we're getting sort of towards the end of a calendar year. And that always brings up like that, that reflective period of time where, wow, did I get as far as I wanted to, to, to get this year? And, uh, you know, am I energized by my vision? So if somebody's sitting there thinking, yeah, I've really got this big vision, but I feel like I'm running in, you know, mud with concrete shoes on, what would you 
say to that person uh, in terms of the, the possibility of something different? So first of all, um, just to validate that what you're going through right now is really challenging and that a lot of people run into this very issue. So just to know that you're not crazy and you're not alone and that it's not some deficiency on you as a leader or as an expert in what you do that you've gotten stuck here. So that's the first thing I would say. And so where, where do people tend to get stuck? Like, where's the, the block? Is it a revenue number? Is it a number of employees? Well, what do you see typically? Yeah, well, the revenue level is, it tends to be a symptom. But and there's a lot of symptoms that happen at different stages, you know, there and there's um, and, and we and we go through that in the, in the chapter. Let's see what chapter is that it's um, the stages, growth stages as you scale up in chapter five. We go through all these different stages. And um, what happens is, is that there are different stages where you're going uh, basically of leadership of where you're stepping out and where you start your consulting company, you're doing everything. You're, you, you have some expertise, some skill. You basically are a freelancer. And then you start staffing up with the team members because you're growing and, you know, that there, you know how that, that, that shows up, Steve. And then, and then before you know it, you have more people than you can manage yourself. So you, maybe you get a project manager. And then as you're doing that, now you're like, okay, well, I'm still managing the project manager. I'm still kind of involved in all these different things. And now I'm I'm uh, involved with client management. I'm involved with operations management, except for it's not really being done very well. And I know that I just don't have time to do it all. And then you're also doing sales. You're also doing marketing. You're wearing so many hats and it's, it's really stressful. And I'm, I'm saying this from the point of view of like, I've sat here and I, and I really like brought up some of those past emotions. I could probably, it's like, sit here and cry. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I wrote this book, there were moments where I was crying. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sitting here like describing the pain. I'm like, yep, I know what this is like because this book wrote, it took me six years to write this book. And of course, when I came to your team, <laughs> like I should have just done that first. Right. Um, if I would have come with your written this with your team immediately, it would have been like way less. And um, the next time will be a definitely a different type of experience writing uh, the next book. But um my, my point in sharing all this, though, was that there are the different stages that are growing. And, and as even as you're putting in place the management, there still is how do you be able to show up? How do you be able to get those people to take ownership? How do you be able to let go? How do you know when it's safe to let go? And then how do you know if those leaders are even high enough level? And then on top of that, how do you have to grow and shift and change as a leader so that you can actually retain the high level people. And this is definitely a transformation that I've had to go through on many levels. I'm sure you have too, Steve. Um, <laughs> I, I was just saying, I'm going through it again right now and I've been through it before. I, I don't think it ever gets any easier. Uh, I, don't, I think it gets easier. The reason why it gets easier is maybe maybe it, it doesn't get easier. What happens is, is it's, it's like when we're, um, you know, pushing a shopping cart through, through, uh, through the grocery store, that's really easy as an adult to do because we have the strength for it. But for a small child, it's very difficult to push a shopping cart. They're not tall enough. They don't have enough upper body strength. Um, I remember <laughs> to, to keep working this, this shopping cart, I remember I had injured my arms at one point and pushing the shopping cart was extremely painful until I built the strength back up in my arms. And then I, now it's obviously not hard to push a, a shopping cart anymore. But I think that's, a, that's, that's an analogy for as we grow as a leader, 
that certain things that would have been harder at an earlier stage are, are now like you don't even think about it. It's not even a concern for you. And then you're able to go and ex expand and just do bigger and bigger things. So it doesn't necessarily get easier. It's just that your game gets a lot bigger. Well, that's that's certainly true. Um, and and with that usually comes both more challenge and more fun, more excitement. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So let, let's let's walk people through the the various stages here um, that you talk about. So what's the first kind of key stage that folks run into? Well, you know, there's a number of the stages that go from zero on up to 10 million and beyond. So, I mean, we could, we could spend an hour talking about those different stages. So maybe I'll just kind of pick out a couple of really common ones. Um, but, but the one common stage, it, it, you know, it, at around the half million dollar mark on up to 800,000, that's a point where a lot of times you run into this this management issue where you're managing everything and you need to get a manage some kind of management in place. And it's, it's actually one of the hardest points in the business because you have the highest level income, but you also have the highest level expenses. And the, there's what's going on is it, it looks like if you scale more, you're going to have more and more issues. But the reality is, is that you actually staying at that point that um, mid six, mix it, mid six figure stall that will actually make it much, much, it's, it's, it's a very unsustainable stage to be at. So what happens is, is that when growth plateaus, what happens is like an unsustainable stage that's there. And oftentimes you're, um, you're working the maximum amount of hours. You may be working 50, 60, even 70 or 80 hours a week is not, I have, is not unheard of. I've seen people do that, but the growth is, is stagnant and it's really frustrating. And then on top of that, you may not have the profits to be able to, to dig yourself out of the hole. Because the problem, the real, the real problem that's actually keeping you stuck in this, is, is a cash flow and profit issue, and because that's why you're doing too much of the work because you can't afford to hire someone to do it. That's that's ultimately what no operations people tell you. Like, why well, should say almost no? I mean, I'm, I can't say in the whole globe that there's not anyone, but operations experts don't really understand this. So if we, when you try to to solve the problem by based on operations, you're going to run into a lot of issues. So anyway, that's the first piece there. And um, we're primarily working with clients when they're at, the, at, at closer to the million dollar mark and above. Sometimes when they're lower than that, we, if they have a really good, um, they have really good outcomes, we may work with them on their offers, but primarily we're working with them on operations at, at when they're closer to the million dollar mark. And this is a place where they can, where they can um, go between about 800,000, 1.1 million and they can, and, this can vary. Some of our clients have gotten up to like 3 million by doing this but at this stage. If they have a really big client size, maybe they're in the six figure, multiple six figure level that you can get higher at that point. So the income range can be uh, misleading sometimes. And sometimes just a lot of productivity. You can, you can get a little bit higher, but typically what we see is between 800 and 1.1 million at this stage where, where you really get stuck at, the seven, the, the seven figure, multiple seven figure level in the, in the low end of that. And what's going on there is, is you need a manager. And if you have a manager in place, then the manager is not empowered to do the right things, or they may not be the right person. They may be, you may be having an account manager, someone who's a great account manager that you're calling an operations manager. And it doesn't mean that they're not a good manager. It doesn't mean they're not a good person on your team, but they're in the wrong seat. And then you're, and, and then you have a whole other whole other opportunity to have an operations manager to be able to take 
take the other pieces over. By the way, I've made this mistake. I have definitely made this mistake before more than once. And it creates a growth plateau is what it does. It creates, um, means you have to work too hard. It means you have all this time you're focused on operations stretched thin. Your clients aren't even getting the best of you. And then on top of that, you've got to be able to make your sales to be able to keep, keep the whole train going. And it's an incredibly stressful place to be at. Oh, 100%. And um, I, I think that the reason that those of us who've been, like I've been through this before, I've grown a business through these stages before, and we're, you know, we're rapidly doing that again right now. And I was reflecting back a couple of weeks ago and thinking like, why? Like I've learned these lessons before <laughs> and yet I've got to live through them again. It's, and I know that it's happening and, you know, I sort of thought, well, I'll get to skip over these stages. Well, you don't get to skip over them. You just know what's going to happen during them, you know? And there yeah. are days when you wake up and you kind of, well, that's not very, this isn't going to be a lot of fun, you know? And I've kind of, I've kind of gotten myself to the point where like, all right, it's just going to be a heavy lift for about six months and we'll be through it. But, you know, so you say, oh, I've been through it multiple times. I think, I think that's just the nature of the stage. And I want to go back to something you said earlier, because this is super important. And you just kind of went over it quickly. You know, it's really easy to get convinced that if you're just a little more productive as the leader, you'll get through, you know, like burn out faster. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but, but I think it's really tempting to think that, that that's it because it, it allows you to avoid the really hard decisions. And what you said earlier was that this really comes down to cash flow and profitability. And fundamentally, that's an offer problem more than anything else, right? And you talk, about, you talk about that in the book. You've got a great structure. I mean, I know there's the big book out there about how to write bajillion dollar offers and it's cool and all that. And it's, I mean, it's a great book. <laughs> But I think you've got a really practical approach that works for high-end service providers, consultants. Um, that's a little bit, you know, unique and, and isn't overused in the marketplace at the moment. It's right? grounded in reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, so the talking about Hormozy's book, right? Nothing wrong with his approach at all. The problem is that he's got such a big audience that now everybody's using that. And so it gets overused really quickly. So what was an advantage now no longer is an advantage. Right. And I think what you've got is an approach that is very smart and will not run out. Well, know. this is why I, 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 um, I wrote a book called value-based pricing um, three years earlier than he, he actually put that book out. And I decided to not publish that book. I knew that what they would do, the marketplace would take it. And instead of doing the hard work to really understand where you can actually provide value in the market, they were going to get really lazy and just throw out these like, these like offers with these big, these big guarantees and absolutely no substance. And those, those type of offers are very easy to tell whether they have substance or not. And if in, in the book, when I talk about the irresistible offers, there's a way that you can position it and even guarantee it if you want in a way the where, where you're making an offer as if you're not going to get paid unless you actually can deliver it. I mean, you think about the operations around that, around what is it going to take to fulfill that from that perspective, from a place of integrity, from a place of, of you knowing that that's going to, to be, that you're going to make that happen no matter what. And, and 
as long as they they have to partner with you, they uh, no matter assuming that they do the, their part, right? You have to communicate their part of that. But when you do that, what I, one of the things that I see with our clients, and I'll I'll share a, a, a recent example from so the folks in our irresistible offer program right now, is that um, she looked at this and said, you know what? Um, we're in that we're in the space where it's um, we work with nonprofits. I'll just say that I'm not going to say any more than that, but we work in the nonprofit space and there's no way that we can actually make any kind of guarantee or any kind of numbers. It's going to turn them off and um, they're not going to like it. And then um, it just won't work. One of the things that she found was that like, I mean, it, it, it took some weeks to get through this mindset and I knew it would, it, it takes, it would, it took about four weeks to get through that. But when she saw this, that she like it shifted in her mind, what they could actually do for their clients under the most ideal conditions and that requires looking at who's not an ideal client. That requires looking at who can we do the best work under the best circumstances. And then instead of just like taking whatever lands on your plate, because you're too busy to go out and have any kind of like marketing structure around it, like you guys teach, Steve, you're actually creating the, the most ideal circumstances to create your very best work. And that's what allows you to position as the top 1%. And then when you do that, you can attract clients based on, these are the types of outcomes that we create. So for example, and it even says it on the Hands Off CEO book, triple your fees and profitably scale an exceptional consulting agency that grows without you. We can't do that for everybody. You know, we can't, like one of our promises is finding 10 extra hours per week for the CEO in their first session working together. We can't do that for everybody. We can't triple fees for everybody. And even some, some of the clients we, cho we choose to take on, we may decide to have them do a lower fee. So for example, this woman that I was mentioning, partly through that case study, she was able to go and increase her fees 50% with her existing clients, 50% that added almost $100,000 of profit just right off the cat from, from one new client. I mean, from one existing client that I already had a relationship with. But with their new clients, they're going and increasing it 200%. Now that's not 300%, but it's 200%. And with this model, we actually showed how with half the clients that she's working with, half they're able to reach $1 million of net profit. That's modeling based upon when you're, when you're actually looking at the right client, we call it the, the profit sweet spot positioning and the, the, the right client, not industry, but client, the client type within the industry, the, the painful problem, we're talking million dollar problems. You gotta solve million dollar problems here if you really want to have the cash flow and profits to be able to hire really good people. If you're, if you're, if you're solving too small of problems, you will not get paid enough to be able to actually fund your business. And then the, an outcome. And I'm not, I'm not talking about like increase, increase your traffic 30% or 300% because you know, it could be garbage traffic. Your clients don't want traffic. Like if you happen to be doing traffic or if you happen to be doing something that, that hopefully increases profitability for a company, for example, but they don't want just, Oh, we're going to, we're going to run this process for you and fingers crossed, maybe it'll work. That's like, think about how you buy, buy services. You're looking for your return on investment. You're looking for, when am I going to get a return? What am I going to get? How, after this program, what is my business going to look like? After, like during the program, 12 months after, three years after, what is my life going to tangibly look like? And if you can't answer those questions for your clients, you will not get paid anywhere near what your, the actual value is for the transformation that you can provide. Yeah. That a hundred percent. Um, this is, I think the most important work that you can do 
in, in any sort of consulting agency because, and it's the hard work. It's the work we don't want to do. Right. But it's the work that makes all of the difference. I literally, it makes all of the difference. And, you know, and get, getting that offer to the point that somebody really wants it. And your point around focusing on the specific client that you want. Um, I mean, we go through this with books, not to the degree that you have to take your clients through it to do the transformation that you're doing, but we go through this with books. People will come in with books and they want to write a book that is all things to all people and it never works, right? So we always narrow down. And getting so narrow and, and doing it in the context of this is what I want to deliver because it's going to be tremendously valuable. This is my vision for what I want to deliver. It's going to be so valuable for the right people. And I think where, where most business owners don't give themselves the freedom, the, like the thinking freedom is that you can choose your clients. It's like if you actually just spec out, all right, I'm going to design this amazing offer and it's only going to be right for this tiny little minority of people. But if I get that tiny little minority of people, I can guarantee they're going to get the results. Like in other words, you're controlling all of the variables that most of us never think to control, right? We're talking like, about so this here. I'm loving this. Yeah. It gets so easy. Like well, it gets it, so easy. And this is design thinking right here. This is looking yes. at, what is the ends and how do we be able to create that instead of just dealing with whatever circumstances that you're in being a victim of that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so like, I know in the book you talk about it, um, but you get that offer in place that's designed for that perfect client that is so irresistible. They can't say no to it and you charge an awful lot more. So, I mean, you're talking about, you know, doubling fees probably at a minimum. And I know, you know, because we went through some of the case studies with you and putting the book together. And in some cases, you know, you're taking people's fees up 10x from where they are. Yes. And and they're not necessarily delivering in terms of like the labor and all of that that goes into it. They're not necessarily putting a lot more labor in. They're just doing something that's a lot more valuable to the right person. Right. And you're, you're increasing the price point and also increasing the length of engagement. And so how does this actually fit in together with operations and making it easier to scale? You know, we're talking a lot about sales and marketing, and I would say that 80% of operations problems are actually caused in the sales, in the selling of it. Because the wrong kind of client, I mean, they're like 10 times harder to solve, to serve, right? And um, <laughs> you got all sorts of challenges that bringing in the wrong type of client. But if you're thinking about your very best top clients and how much easier they are to work with, like if your business was just chock full of those types of clients, how much easier would it be? Well, well, first of all, you'd have to create one type of client journey. You wouldn't have to create 10 different types of client journeys for 10 different types of clients who all have, you know, three or four different kinds of, of problem sets and want different things. When you actually multiply that, like, it's impossible to create that many systems. So when I hear companies that one of the, at, at these growth stages that happen that we, we talked about earlier in this, Steve, one of the things that I, I, that we hear often, and is usually the number one objection for people working with us. It's really, it's, it's, they're saying, well, I need to just go and build more systems. Like, you know what? I just need to build more systems. Right. And um, I, I, I get it. I've definitely been, on, on the, the 
the end of that myself. And especially given that like, I'm pretty good at building out systems. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an operations expert in addition to a positioning expert. So I, I mean, I, I see how things work that way, but what happens is you can get stuck in this like echo chamber where you're building systems. Well, based on what? So if you don't have your offer really dialed in, what are you building systems around? And if you need to be able to hire an operations manager, like what are they going to actually be able to scale? You know, and if you're putting together, if you need to find ways to increase your profitability first before you go and, and put these growth initiatives in place, well, good luck with that. How are you going to increase your profitability except for just getting the scissors out? And this will, by the way, is, is what the CFOs will, of the world will tell you. They say, get the scissors out and just start cutting. And, and while there is some, some value to that, it's much easier to be, make your company more sustainable by increasing the, the actual price point a client pays because everything that you increase on top of what you're already doing is pure profit. But the problem is, is that the financial folks of the world can tell you that. They can tell you to increase their, your fees, but they can't tell you how. And even... I remember that, that why I actually went in to, to, to solve this problem, by the way, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I went in and I was working with like, this was, this had to be about 10 years ago um, where I went into what, one of these celebrity coaches, everybody would, some people here would probably know who this guy's name was. And um, I, I had the great pleasure of being able to be in the same room as this guy and, and to get coaching from him directly on, you know, how do we, how do I be able to increase my leads flow? How do I be able to do this? And what he says is just double your fees. And I'm like, okay, well, how do I do that? He's just double your fees. That was it. And I'm like, that is the biggest load of bull crap I've ever heard because there was like no substance, there was nothing substantial to it at all. And, and why would a client want to just pay twice as much? They don't, they don't, they don't want to pay 10% more. They don't want to pay, they don't want to pay one more stinking dollar more unless you can actually show to them why, you, how you're going to actually increase the value and why. So, so, so get out of this whole mindset around increasing your fees. Cause like, you know, we're, we're, we're having um, inflation. So we need to increase our fees. Your clients don't care about your costs. They care about results that they get. That's it. So unless you can show them a better way to increase their results, then then you're setting yourself up for a situation where you increase fees and you lose a lot of clients. Well, and that's, again, coming back to this idea of, of that irresistible offer, that's got to be geared around the results that they're getting. And that's that's one of the things I love about your approach. It's 100% results-based for the client. And you bring in certainty of getting the results you know, which makes it even more valuable. Like I, if I'm 90% likely or 100% likely to get a result, I'm going to pay more than if I'm only 20% likely to get the same result from right. someone else, right? So by combining all of these things, now you make it really easy to generate more money. And by generating the, the money and the cash flow and all that, now you can go build a team that's going to make your life easier and, and be able to run the thing. But right. what you're saying is that the only way to do that is sort of simplify what you're offering, make it more valuable, but fewer things. Yes. Right. Um, and I, I'll tell you, like, we did that over the last two years and it will change your life. Like the things that if you're listening to this and listening to Mandy, the things that she's talking about and uh, she talks about in the book will change your life. Like we went from doing um, about 
five different things, but we did those five different things, each probably six to 10 different ways. Because every time I got on a sales conversation, I would either think of a better way to do it in my head, or I would, you know, feel like I needed to make a sale and I would say something to make the sale, which created downstream problems and operations, which I think is exactly your point. You know, um, when we narrowed that to, to, there's two ways, you know, you're basically buying the same thing and there's the, you know, there's version one and then there's the supersized, right? You pick, what do you want? You want this experience or that experience, but it's basically the same process all the way through everything, like almost overnight, everything got easier. And we started, we, we, you know, as soon as we did that, it was like that and we doubled. Well, and, and here's the thing I want to pick out about your model too, because um, you're not just, you're not just doing books, right? You're, what you're doing is, is that you're, a, and this is the key, by the way, the key is to understand what are the areas that we do really the best at and where are the, where do they overlap? And in your case, they overlap between your amazing expertise around marketing and how you can standardize a process that you can scale with your team around books. And then, but, but not only just the books, but you're just, you're not just doing a book, you're doing the positioning around the book that actually gives the book incredible power, which almost no other book writing service does, by the way. And then on, then on top of that, you're looking at now, how do we be able to generate referrals, which by the way, we know that it, for service-based businesses, that's like the biggest lead source, right? So how do you be able yep. to, to accelerate a lead source they already know works? So there's actually three different pieces that you have overlapping here. And that's how you can do it better than anyone else. And why you saying this is million, the million dollar author, like you can actually say that and substantiate it. Because so do you find that with most of your clients, there's that sort of overlap? There like things that they're doing that they're really expert at, and then you sort of dial it in and together they they all of a sudden solve the puzzle? Right. Well, th this is this is not an easy process. I'm gonna be honest with you, because like you said, this is the hard work that people don't want to do. They want to just jump in and like magically fix our sales problems or just magically fix our operations problems that are based upon us doing it 20 different ways. It's like, no, we have to go back and actually look at what you're selling at the very beginning there and what's the expectations you're setting with your clients, who you're working with. But we need to be looking at, like we, we go back and look at their whole journey for their, through their career, by the way for the CEO specifically. This doesn't mean the CEO is doing the work, but we need to understand what the magic is because if you need to scale the magic, that's the hardest part. How do you scale the magic? It's, this is hard. I get it. I, I've had the same thing for myself. It's flipping hard, but we have to actually isolate what the magic is first and to decide which parts of the magic are we going to scale and which parts are we going to remove the CEO from so that we know this is the part we can scale. This is the part maybe we're in, including the CEO in to help help do that as we move through the different exits in the company. And later on, you'll be able to remove yourself from that. But um, we have to, to look at where are, are the skill sets. So I'm going to give you an example, actually. One of the, one of our clients in the past, they had a, a podcast, they, they did podcast um, production company. And now podcast production is you know, a bit of a commodity, right? A commodity meaning that 
people see it as this certain price point and they're not willing to pay a lot more because there's not a lot more value in it from the outside of it, right? So, but what we did is we, when we looked through her background, one thing we noticed is that she actually used to manage sales teams. So what that means is that she had this whole body of expertise. So she's like, well, I don't want to put that in there because that's not scalable and I don't want to be turning into a sales consulting company. And I'm like, well, you know what? You're a results company. So how do you be able to work with your clients to be able to use the podcast to be able to generate sales? How can we weave that into the process in a scalable way? And from doing that, it allowed her to be able to see her the value of her podcasting services 10x higher than what she had seen them as before. Yeah, that's then, so key. That's so yeah. key. I love that. Well, because I know you're looking at that from how do you be able to take this podcasting service and use it to be able to have millions of dollars for a company? Now we're looking at well, what type of company? It's actually like an algebra problem, really. It's like, what is the outcome? Who could we do it for? What's the problem? What kind of problems could might we want to solve? So we have a whole process that we walk our clients through for within four weeks. We have an irresistible offer that we design up into this really nice client success map that they can use as part of their sales piece. And they're really confident. And then on top of that, their team can then say, okay, this is the outcome that we are, we're actually managing to. This is the outcome. These are the big picture um, phases that we're taking our clients through. And this is what they get at each stage. Because that's what clients want. They want to know what they're getting. They don't want to know what you're delivering. They, they don't want to know what your bits and bobs are. They just don't care. They don't care about the process. Even when they say, how are you going to do that? What they're really saying is, is what do I get? So when you can actually articulate that, especially in a visual format, because half of people are visual, then you actually have something that you can scale sales. That's how you can be able to, like you said, you double the sales in your company. And our clients, we consistently see that they're increasing their fees, you know, double to 10x their price point. But 300% is not uncommon at all. It's very common. It's about the median. Yeah. And, and just overnight, you're able to do things. Once you're able to, to charge more like that, it's amazing what you can do with profit. I had a mentor one time that told me, uh, you know, the whole game is cash. He would say, cash ain't cash unless it's cash. And, um, you know, and as long as you've got it, you can solve any business problem that comes up. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah. And, and, you know, look, the reason that we exist, the reason I started this particular business, working with the people that we work with is that, you know, I grew up in, you know, I was, my dad's a, an accountant, you know, I grew up as the kid in a, you know, house where we had a service business. I know what that looks like, you know, and I know that they're the, the folks listening to this who are, you know, they got young families, they're, they're trying to build a business, they're trying to build it around their expertise. It's the most difficult possible thing you could ever do, I think, in business. Like, yeah. I would, you know, it, I remember my dad telling me one time, he's like, yeah, you know, you really want to be in a product business. Of course, I didn't listen to that. But, um, you know, because at least that scales and they're not calling for you for your advice, right? So, look, we're all in this because we want to build a business and build a life. And, you know, you've put together a roadmap for doing that. And um, I know we're going to run out of time here because you've got a, an appointment, but um, I, I want to just really encourage folks to get the book. So it's called The Hands-Off CEO. It's going to be linked 
you know, we'll link to the Amazon link um, for it. And, um, and I'm going to leave you with a little bit of a cliffhanger here. So, you know, we've talked about the stages of growth. We've talked about the importance of the offer and all of that. And what Mandy takes you through in the book are what she calls the five exits. And this isn't about necessarily exiting your company, although if you get to the end, maybe that happens. But this is about exiting the stuff that you don't want to do anymore, basically, if I, if I were to sum it up in an inarticulate way. And the order in which she gives it to you matters a lot. And you need to go get the book as we go into the new year and map out your plan to make your exits. So um, that's my pitch for the book. It's, uh, the hands-off CEO, again, we'll link to it. And you have something you said uh, before we got started, you had something you wanted to share with listeners as well. Yeah. So if you'd like to have a summary of the book, so you can, with a scalability checklist, this is the same scalability checklist that's in the book that we share with our clients that like they print up on their wall and they're like checking off as they go. You can go to handsoffceo.com forward slash checklist and you can download a summary, which I've had, I've heard people say that it's the, like, who read the whole book, they're like, I love the summary. It was so good. And then the checklist as well. Love it. Well, I will, uh, I'll make sure we link that um, up in the, the show notes. Um, we got a couple of, of minutes here. Any parting wisdom you want to share with uh, with our listeners before we wrap up? Well, you know what? I, I will, I will, uh, I'll give a plug here because, you know, we've talked about the irresistible offer and one of the best ways that you can communicate your irresistible offer and the value of the irresistible offer is actually writing a book and your business, the, uh, we're one of, is a million dollar author. That is not hyperbole. That is exactly what it does. And I know that the book that you helped us publish, it, easily it's going to add $5 million to our company over the next couple of years. Well, thank you. And, um, and I would agree. I mean, I think um, there's no better way to to scale an expertise-based business. And I, I'm just so excited to watch what you guys do. Um, now that the book is out um, and uh, now that the push really begins with it, um, it's just going to be cool. So uh, that's why we do it. Well, Mandy, thank you for being here. Um, folks, go get Mandy Ellison's new book, The Hands-Off CEO. Um, again, it's on Amazon and uh, we'll link that up in the show notes. so You can go directly to it. And I'm uh, just really grateful that you uh, took a little time and invested it with us today. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me again, Stephen. Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the Million Dollar Book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, work with me and my team to get your book done and bring in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put, I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.